Notes from the Upper West Side, a novel by Dan Wrench. Chapter 32, Tobacco That Tastes Like a Lady. turned out that Roz, the assistant director's day job, was working up at Whispers' tobacco shop with a bunch of other chicks who I think were all somewhere on the proclivity continuum between bisexual and dyke. If Paul's wife is so tasty, Roz said to Whispers, then maybe you should name the tobacco after her. Lenny, tobacco? Viter, you had to ask... Lenny. Well, sure I did. Roz made a statement intended to evince the question, Tobacco? Or what tobacco? Isn't that right, Roz? Roz. Yep. Lenny. So what is it? Roz. It's a tobacco that tastes like snatch. She grinned this really wide grin like she was Pandora announcing her box was now open. Everybody laughed because, of course, they thought it was a joke. No shit, she said. Exactly like Snatch. You gotta be blowing, kidding me, Bang said. Do you have some? Not on me, said Whispers. Suddenly, he looked a little shy. What I want to know, Viter said, is how did you get that tobacco to taste like vagina and it better not be the way I think? All I did was mix up a new blend of tobacco from some of my favorite leaves, mixed in with a new leaf that comes in a tin marked Chow Bella. And this new mixture tastes like pink? asked one of the dancing strippers. I thought it was my imagination when I first lit up, Bobby said, but I gave some to Mondi and she said, yup, tastes like a lady. You're shitting me. Mondi McDade said a lady? I asked. I bet she said cunt, said Roz. It sure tastes like cunt, said Viter. That is some of the cuntingest tobacco I've ever tasted. Suddenly, everyone in the room, male and female, had to have some. Well, a couple of the ladies begged off, and let's face it, I don't smoke a pipe, but if I did, I don't know. Cunt. I ain't into that shit, said Mallory. So are you going to start selling this tobacco in the store? Lenny asked. Yup, and the girls up there think it would be a good idea to market it on the internet, you know, starting with Twitter and Facebook. So what are you calling it? I asked. Good question, he said. We got some candidates. He hates my name, what I want to call it, said Roz. Parp. And that is... Roz. I'll tell if Bobby lets me. Whispers just hung his head and shook it like, how is he going to stop the inevitable? Roz. I want to call it Camel Tobacco. Big smile. Some giggles from the gang. I don't believe it, said Mallory. Then she belly laughed. Yeah, that <laughs> sucks, said Lenny. There is no way it goes out with Camel Tobacco on the label, Bobby said evenly. What's wrong with just plain old cunt tobacco? I asked. Yeah, said Bang. Cunt tobacco. Get me a chaw of that cuntbacker, coach, and I'll pitch me up another three innings. What? 
Mallory said more to me than to Bang, like I might be able to translate for her. Uh, do kind of have a name for it, Bobby said. I'm thinking of calling it One for the Road. Silence. I don't get it, Bang said. Mallory touched my arm. I like your name better, she said kind of low. The other dancing stripper, the one who said she was impressed by me a minute or so before, she looked at me right then and started to walk over to where I was sitting. I cleared a spot for her on the chair next to me by pushing some coats on the floor. The girl, Cynthia, put her pretty ass in the chair and just sort of sat there in her tiny pink lycra hot pants. Then she giggled. I gig cackled. My cock lurched. By the time I was able to tune back in, they were onto the subject of how one for the road, the tobacco that tastes like cunt, raised the inevitable question of whether or not it's possible to eat cunt while the owner of said cunt is driving an automobile. How is that the inevitable question? Fighter asked. You've brought together the taste of cunt and the image of roadway travel, said Bang. I think that most people are going to wonder how you'll enjoy that taste in a car. By lighting up the tobacco, Roz said. I don't think it raises that image at all, said Parp. I think it conjures the importance of that one last taste of cunt before you hit the road. Yup, Fighter said. If you ask a bartender for one more for the road, you don't mean you're going to drink it in your car. Good point, Bang said. Good point. Nevertheless, we're all just hanging here, so I'm asking. How would you, even if it's passable, eat out a woman while she's driving a car? I don't think it would be that hard, I said. You could get her to scooch down in the seat, then you bend over and perform a facial probe. Yeah, said Cynthia. Mallory kind of looked at Cynthia, then got up and walked away. New girl wins, I thought. So you're assuming her pants are off at the start of the drive? Asked Viter. Sounds a little risky, Lenny said. She'd have to have her pants off for the full ride. Maybe not, I said. Maybe she's wearing a short skirt and no underpants. So they'd have to be planning this from the beginning of the trip. It can't be spontaneous, then. Okay, okay, I said. Let's say the underpants are on. She could get the urge, pull over, take them off, get back in the car, come, pull over, and put them back on. Nah, Parp said. That reeks goofy. I like it, <laughs> Cynthia laughed. If she's pulling over to take her pants off so you can eat her, why don't you just stay pulled over and eat her on the back seat? Parp asked. Maybe, I don't know, she likes the danger? Then, because I'm playing cunt lickers advocate, the conversation gets around to Junior's cunt. Ever do that with Junior? Parp asked. I love that you call your wife Junior, Bang said. What, is her mother named Corinne too? Nope, said Parp. She was named after her mother's close friend who was such a good philatrix that a year after Junior was born, her father dumped her to marry Corinne Sr. Huh? asked Bang. Bang didn't hear anything after philatrix, said Viter. What's a philatrix? someone asked. A dick sucker, said Roz with a big grin on her face. Is that true? Cynthia asked me. That's what it means, I said. Wow, she laughed. She must really know how to suck on a dick. 
That's the legend. So have you ever eaten your wife on the road? Fighter asked. Nope, I said. Not that I have anything against it, but you know, Junior's a traditional gal. Cynthia laughed, and I began to notice that her laugh was something of a gig cackle. I looked at her and grinned. She doesn't look traditional, said Bobby. She looks tasty, said Parp. You know, I said, a guy could get pretty defensive about that. I mean, if we were Marines, we'd be fist fighting right now. I don't think so, said Bang. Marines are a lot more open-minded about sex than you think. He was dead serious. Then they started talking about Marines, and I started thinking about a way to get out of there with Cynthia. Gotta be moseying, I said to her, kind of low. Nobody heard but her. I stretched back, then leaned forward with deliberation. Out of the corner of my eye, I could see she was moving to get her stuff together. Oh yeah, the fuck was on. Leaving? Parp asked when I stood up. Gotta mosey on home and see the boys, I said. And your tasty wife, said Bang. I looked at Parp. See what you started? I turned for the door which was behind me and through a vestibule. On my way out, I could hear the conversation make a turn for the stupid. Did Oscar Wilde write kind thoughts and coronets? Bang asked. Oscar Wilde died in 1900, Fighter said. He predates the cinema. He was pretty young, though. When he died, he was 46. So if he'd lived to, say, age 70, he could have written silent film scenarios, Bang said. Whispers guffawed and clapped his hands slowly. If there's a hail and Oscar Wilde is in it, I'm sure they have him writing silent films, he said. Then a voice I didn't recognize said, There is nothing so spoken as the vulgar word. Notes from the Upper West Side is a work of fiction. The people depicted in this work do not exist. Notes from the Upper West Side, copyright 2013 to 2016 by Dan Wrench.